Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Grueling Truth Boxing Show, brought to you by GridRMO, a new interactive football app where you get to call what you think the offense or defense should do during a live NFL game and see what all other fans have called also. Check out GridRMO at www.gridrmo.com. As always, I'm your host for the boxing show, Mike Goodpaster. I want to welcome in my guest, or my co-host, as always, Dave Sidersky. How you doing, Dave? I'm doing well, Mike. How you doing tonight? I'm doing great. Um, we have a very special guest tonight. Our guest tonight is the former IBF welterweight champion of the world. Help us welcome to the grueling truth, Kermit Centron. How you doing, champ? Thanks, Mike. Thanks for having me on. All right. We'll just start off from the beginning. I know you grew up, uh, your childhood was spent in Puerto Rico. You want to tell us a little bit what your childhood life was like living in Puerto Rico? Um. Uh... Living in Puerto Rico was, uh, you know, as a young kid, I mean, you know, you, you don't do too much, but uh, just play around, uh, go to the beach, you know, uh, be with your, your friends, cousins. Um, but uh, by the age of eight, um, my mom had passed away. Uh, so um, my dad financially couldn't take care of us. Uh, it was um, myself and uh, two of my brothers. Um so we had to come, you know, move to the United States and live with uh, my grandmom as well with uh, my aunt, who is my dad's uh, sister, um, and by marriage, uh, my uncle. Um, and on top of that, they have four kids of their own. So uh, it was ten of us, in, you know, in a 1,300 square feet house. Um, but you know, um, just you know, just glad that. Uh, my grandmom, along with my aunt and uncle, you know, were able to take care of us, uh, you know, because, again, my dad financially couldn't take care of us. So um moved to the United States and uh, been here ever since. Champ, that, uh, that actually leads into uh, my next question. Um, how did uh, losing both your mother and your father at such a young age um, impact you? Uh, you know, it was, it was, uh, it was a, a devastating um you know, the plans were to uh, for my dad uh, after, you know, we had moved to the United States and my dad stayed back. Uh, you know, he was just trying, you know, uh, work and, you know, uh, try to, you know, get himself back on track uh, financially and, uh, you know, and for us to move back to Puerto Rico um, in a few years. Uh, but by the age of uh, 13, I believe it was, uh, my dad had passed away. As well, so it was, you know, it was very devastating. The fact that, you know, when I left um, Puerto Rico, you know, I didn't know that that was going to be the last I would see of my dad. You know, uh, so uh, through sports, um, it's what kept me from, you know, uh, thinking about my parents, and on top of that, you know, just, you know, just going out and, and getting in trouble. <clears throat> okay, now you were a wrestler in high school, right? I absolutely was, yes. Um, um, what did you learn from your wrestling experiences that you were able to apply to your boxing career? Um, just work ethic. Uh, the work ethic that I have, you know, um, you know, I took that uh, to the uh, to boxing, and you know, it, uh, it's similarity um, with with the workouts. Uh, the only thing that's different, really, is the fact that. Um, in wrestling, you don't get hit, whereas boxing, you do. So um, that was the probably I want to say probably the uh, most, most difficult part, uh, you know, 
changing to from wrestling uh, to boxing where you're getting hit, you know, so you had to, you had to have more endurance, you know, work a little harder uh, to be in better shape. Uh, so uh, th- that's pretty much the the difference between that. Uh, but I think the the work the work ethic that I had uh, that I have, um, you know, taking that to boxing is what really helped me. Champ, um, can you tell us a little bit about your amateur career and what you uh, remember most about it? Uh, amateur career, man, I didn't even have one. <laughs> nah, I, uh, you know what? Um, I didn't. I, my amateur career was just uh, a year. Uh, I started in '99 and I, and I turned pro in 2000. Um, I had, I think, I had about uh, 24, 24 fights or 27 fights, something like that, um, in a year's time. Um, I ended up going to uh, the Eastern Eastern um, Olympic Trials, uh, which were held at that time in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Um, went there and, and made it to the semifinals. Uh, lost to a guy from Chicago, Cincinnati, Rudy or something. That Rudy Cincinnati, uh, which was a very odd um, stoppage. You know, me losing uh, in the semifinals, it was just weird. If I would have won that fight, I would have fought Jermaine Taylor. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, it didn't happen, so I just, you know, I, I enjoyed the, the sport so much. I was like, you know what, and I'm, I'm 19, I'm not going to wait for, for the next Olympics. I'm just, I just turned pro and just learned the sport from there. And okay, that's what I did. You might as well get paid if you're going to do it. Exactly. <laughs> So, uh, what are your recollections of your professional debut? I believe you fought Jesse Williams in October of 2000. Yeah, I fought a kid, uh, Jesse Williams. Um, I believe he was from Ohio, Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, I'm not too sure. But uh, apparently he was a, a top um, amateur fighter uh, from what I've heard at, at that time. I, I'm not sure if that was true or not. Uh, but I went in there, you know, thinking that this kid was going to, you know, um, was going to be a tough fight. Uh, I just went in there in the um, first round. Um, you know, I, I I felt comfortable in the second round. I, I think I ended up stopping him in the second round. Um, and from there on, it just my, my career just, you know, just took off. Champ, early in your career, um, you faced a guy by the name of uh, Omar Dadala. Uh, you traveled to his hometown of San Antonio, and you took the fight, I believe, um, with only about a week's notice. Um, right. And you, um, you know, I believe you were cut in the first round of that fight, but you came back to stop him in two. Um, how satisfying was that victory? Um, I, didn't, I didn't get cut at the fight. Uh, it, it, was, it was a week's no, notice. Uh, you know, um, I'm always in the gym. Uh, you know, that's one thing that uh, if you're trying to look for me, you'll find me in the gym. Um, and, uh, I was, I was ready. So, uh, you know, I just had the opportunity, uh, to fight on Showbox and, you know, stopping Omar Davila in, in the second round for the WBC youth, uh, title. Um, you know, it was just, it was pretty much the beginning of my career because after that, that's when main events actually had signed me to a promotional contract. Yeah, and then you made your HBO debut, I think, in July of 2004. You stopped Teddy Reed in eight rounds. What are your memories of that fight, that night being on HBO? Uh, it was a, um, 
it was a, a great night for me uh, and for my uh, team at the time. Uh, you know, I was fighting for the uh, WBL title um, as well on uh, the uh, NABF title. Um, and it was just a great time, a great night for me. You know, I just I put everything together. You know, Tatery, uh, the guy that's that's just tough, that could punch. Um, he was strong, and you know, I did what I you know I had to do. Uh, what we worked in the gym uh, is exactly what you know came out uh, at, in that fight. And you know, I just came out of there victorious with uh, I think it was a eighth grade eighth eighth round stoppage. I believe it was, um, and it was just, I mean, it was a, a great performance in my part. Um, Champ, you uh, you challenged um, Antonio Margarito less than a year later for the WBO Welterweight Championship and suffered your first loss um, by a fifth-round stoppage. I guess what, if anything, did you learn um, from that loss? Um uh and and still to this day I still do it um but not as much um it and, and that's um you know um bending down down my waist uh he had caught me with an uppercut when I did that that caught my eye um and from there on I just I could not see out of the eye uh you know and where the cut was it was actually on my eyelid uh it wasn't on my eyebrow it was actually on my eyelid and I just felt a burning sensation, and then on top of that, you know, I just felt like my eye was like, um, it was like sticking out. Uh, so I, you know, I, I just lost focus in that fight, and uh, you know, it just, it just didn't go my way. Um, and again, you know, uh, I think I was like 24-0 uh, with like 22 knockouts, something like that. Um, but you know, still young in the sport, um, so. The experience wasn't there, um, but, uh, you know, you learn. I mean, you learn. You, I did get the experience that I needed, the exposure that I needed in the, in the fight. Um, but uh, <clears throat> my biggest thing was just, you know, bending down um, my waist. And, you know, when I got hit with that uppercut, I mean, like, you know, I, I took that and I'm like, man, I really got to stop doing that. Yeah, so a little over a year later, you took what you learned there and actually won the IBF welterweight title over Mark Swarwez. Can you tell us a little bit about that night, what it was like to finally be the champion? Uh, yeah, it was a good night. That was the fight was in uh, uh, in Florida, uh, Palm Beach, Florida. Um, and, you know, another guy who's, you know, a big welterweight, uh, I think it was like, he was six, a little taller than me. Um, I think he was like six foot tall. Um, you know, he was strong. Um, in the first round, of that, the first round of that fight, uh, in the first thirty seconds, he hit me be, actually beyond, beyond the head um, on my ear, and you know, it it kind of like somewhat um, felt my legs going, and you know, I I was a little shaky. I went down, um, but the ref called that you know a foul. Um, and uh, I remember hearing, um, uh, I can't remember his, the, the trainer's name, but, you know, telling um, Mark Suarez to, like, hey, he's hurt, jump right on him. Uh, and as soon as, you know, I, I heard that, I you know, I shook it off when I got up. Uh, and I heard his trainer say that to him. Um, I, you know, I was, I was ready to go. And 
you know, I just put my combinations together, um, you know, worked on, on, on my jab, you know, uh, counter-punching, you know, uh, and I think by the fifth round, uh, he, he ended up quitting. Um, I stopped him in the, in the fifth or sixth round and, you know, just, just became the world, uh, the IBF world champion. And, and actually, you know, he managed to do it with my trainer. And at that time, you know, I was his uh, first true Puerto Rican champion that he has that he had on his table. You know, I, I know he's had Camacho, Hector uh, Camacho uh, Sr., and, and another fighter that was Puerto Rican, but they were already champions when they, come, when they came to Emmanuel. Uh, so, you know, Emmanuel um, Stewart and I made some history that night, and it was a good night. Um, Champ, you uh, you then lost the title in a rematch with um, with Margarito. Um, what made uh, Antonio Margarito such a difficult opponent for you? Um, just just uh, just fighting the wrong fight against him. You know, I I just threw it toe to toe with him in the fight, and uh, you know I, I made the biggest mistake where I counterpunched uh, with a right uppercut that um, that it missed, and I was on the ropes. Um, and when I threw the uppercut and I missed, I mean, I, I left myself wide open for a body shot that just, he just caught me, I mean, like, perfectly, and, you know, it was one of them things, like, wh- what can you do? You know, you get hit with a good body shot like that, and you can't, you can't catch your breath, and you can't stand up. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a difficult situation. Um, so, you know, I was devastated, because, you know, I, I really wanted, um, to win that fight against Margarita, but, uh, you know, knowing the knowing that I, I have fought him um, one time already, you know, I was just trying to revenge my loss against him, and you know, I I just I fought the wrong fight. I just stood there toe to toe with him, and and again, he just called me with a good body shot. Now you touched a little bit earlier, question earlier on Emmanuel Stewart, and I know he trained you for some time. Can you tell your listeners, or can you tell our listeners about your relationship with him and what you learned from it? Um, my relationship with Matter Stewart was a really close one um, since day one. Um, we clicked, you know, um, and he treated me like I was his, you know, his own son. Um, you know, we, uh, I mean, we we talked. I mean, for the most part, we we talked a lot about boxing. Um, you know, he would just share me stories with, uh, about, you know, his days with, uh, Tommy Hearns, you know, Sugar Ray Leonard, um, um, McKenzie, Hilton McKenzie, I mean, those guys, and <clears throat> it was just a, a great experience, you know, no, no, uh, getting to know Emmanuel and, the, you know, and the fact that he, he was just, you know, uh, such a huge, um, trainer you know famous trainer um and, and i you know i didn't really see it that way um he was just you know down to earth uh guy i mean like you know um he's gonna be he going walk in detroit in the streets i mean without he him getting mugged you know it, that's just how much um people know him you know so i was only him and tommy hearns can pull that off can't they Oh man, it just—it was crazy. But uh, you know, it, just the fact that you know when Emmanuel Stewart's uh, brother had passed away, he, you know they lived, uh, or Emmanuel Stewart's brother lived with him, um, like two years later or three years later. Um, 
and the fact that you know he he didn't let nobody else but myself uh, stay in his brother's room. You know that was you know that just showed that how much Emmanuel cared for me and and what he thought about me. Um, Champ, you fought to a draw with uh, Sergio Martinez in um, February of 2009. Um, can you tell our listeners what your recollections are about that fight? Um, uh, that that fight was a uh, it was a crazy fight. Um, it, I mean, it was it was a, a back and forth. You know, I I, wa- I watched that fight maybe seven eight times, and you know. And when I watched it, I mean, like you know, I was like, oh, I gave him that round. Oh, I gave myself that round. Oh, I gave him that. So it was, it was just going back and forth. And um, but then I think the tenth round and on, you know, I felt like I, I, I saw that I was, you know, win, winning those rounds, especially in the twelfth round when they took that point away from him. Um, my my mistake in that round was, um, the fact that I stopped fighting. And you know, on my mind, I was like, "Oh my God, I got this fight! I got this fight! I'm gonna win this fight! All I have to do is just, you know, move around, and I and I and I fight him." And that was my biggest, my biggest, you know, mistake on that part. Um, but but even before that, I mean, like you know, I, I think in the seventh round, I believe it was where he just caught me with with a shot that I walked right into, um, and. The shot was so hard that like my ears like it like sucked air, and then like for like a second it released air, and it was like this really loud like uh, whistle type uh, noise coming out of my ears. So I was like, whoa! And that's when I dropped my hands. I was like, whoa! What the heck is that? You know? And then I, then I took a knee. It's not that I was hurt um, from that punch. It was more the, the fact that like I've never felt anything like that in, in my ears. Uh, so I took that knee, and you know, and I and I know where the where the ref was. You know, I knew where I was, and I know where where he was. Um, the num at the count that he was at, and I was just, I just kept arguing with the ref that hey, it was a headbutt. To me, at that at that that night, I felt like it was a headbutt. You know, I I I stood up right at, right uh, at nine, and you know he waved the when he waved the fight off. I, you know, I was so confused. I said, "Well, I'm, I, I was up," and and my uh, my manager and my trainer just you know jumped in the ring and was like arguing with the uh, with the with the ref, you know, saying why he stopped the fight when he got up. You know, he stood from that from that from the from the count. Uh, he beat the count, and uh, he was actually saying he waved, uh, meaning that the, the 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 round was over, and that's where the that's where the confusion was at. Um, but you know, I honestly thought that I won the fight. But then again, you know, the judges saw it as a draw, and they called it a draw. Well, and you talk about and crazy I, fights. A little over a year later, you fought Paul Williams. You want to talk a little bit about that fight? Yeah, the Paul Williams fight. You know, I was so prepared for that fight. Um, you know, the, the as soon as that bell rang, you know, um, and we exchanged uh, a couple jabs here and there. Um, you know, I counterpunched uh, a couple times on him. Um, <clears throat> you know, and, and watching that fight, you know, I I had myself winning all three rounds. Um, you know, just by counterpunching, and he wasn't really landing anything. 
And um, <clears throat> I heard him in the fourth round, I think it was. All right, and I heard him bad. I know he was hurt, so I was just taking my time. Um, during that exchange, I know, you know, he, he kind of like bent down, so I took my elbow from when I threw the punch and I missed and, you know, put my elbow on on, on on the top of his neck, back up behind his neck. I put my elbow, and I was putting so much pressure because, you know, I, as a fighter, you know, I've learned from, from different fighters like uh, Bernard Hopkins, you know, you can tire somebody out that way. So I, and that's what I was doing. I was putting so much pressure that, you know, when he was trying to fight his way up, he was going to get fatigued. So when he fell, uh, my momentum from putting so much pressure down on him, my momentum took me uh, a way that, that I couldn't stop myself, and I fell out of the ring. Um, now, when I fell out of the ring, uh, the first thing that I hit was a, a, a TV monitor behind on my left side of my back that took the wind out of me. So when I was, when I'm, was on the ground, the doctor came uh, to me, and right there and then, he like asking me if I was ready to continue. Well, I'm trying to I'm trying to catch my breath, you know, gasping for air, and he's asking me if I was ready to continue. Well, in my mind, I'm trying to catch my breath, but at the same time, you know, I was thinking I have you know a couple minutes to so I can recover and get back in the ring. Well. <clears throat> He asked me three times right there, and and he called the fight off. Well, at the time, I was just, you know, starting to talk. You know, I called my hair, uh, starting to breathe, and when I was trying to stand up, he went and pinched, uh, put his knee, like, somewhat on my shoulder or my back, whatever it was, where I couldn't, I couldn't stand up. So, you know, right there and then, he, he just took the fight away from me. I mean, like, you know... I've, you know, people call me that I dove out of the, that I dove out, that I'm a chicken, blah, blah, this and that. Well, people don't realize, listen, I'm here to fight. You know, I'm here to get, um, to get paid. You know, there, there was a rematch clause. If I would have won against Paul Williams, I was going to get a $4.5 million payday in a rematch. Now, why would I want to dive out of the ring you know, get disqualified, lose a fight for to lose four and a half million dollars. I just, you know, and I just keep it to myself because I don't really, you know, uh, argue with media or just people. You know, I I know what happened that night, and and that night the the doctor took the fight away from me. Yeah, I agree with you. I thought you won the first three rounds also, but you know they had to protect Paul Williams too because I think he was the bigger name for him. But yeah, yeah of they, course. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I think um, anybody who who thinks that you dove out of the ring purposely is nuts. Um, yeah, they obviously that, haven't watched your career. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that's crazy. Um, so in November of 2011, um, you challenged Canelo Alvarez, and you lost by a fifth round stoppage. Um, how disappointing was that defeat to you? Uh, you know what? It was a very disappointing um, night for me, um, due to the fact that you know I trained really hard for that fight. Uh, I went to 
uh, Canelo's backyard, uh, fought him in the ring that I honestly can say to you was no bigger than 15 by 15. Uh, you know, couldn't really box the way I was supposed to box that night. And um, and for the ref to to stop the fight and so prematurely, like, yeah, I got hit with one of good good shots. Um, but for him to like stop the fight, it was ridiculous. Um, you know, the only chance that I had that night was if I would have knocked him out. I knew I heard him. Uh, I believe in the fourth round when we were exchanging uh, punches. I knew I heard him because he was uh, he froze for a second. Um, so, you know, I was just trying to, uh, trying to box in a phone booth. That's what I was trying to do, box, box him in a phone booth. But it was, a, right, it was a, you know, it was a, it was a, a disappointing night for me. I mean, you know, it, it, it was for a world title and no, no reason why the rest should have stopped the fight so, so early. Yeah. So looking back on your career up to this point, is there anything that you would change or do differently? Uh yeah, actually I, I would. I I um I would have uh you know, gotten the surgery that I needed to get back in two thousand seven when I fought uh Jesse Feliciano. Um I had hurt my hand bad in the first round. Uh I was defending my title for the first time, uh, the IBF title. Um <clears throat> so, you know, it's uh I should have gotten the surgery that I needed to get. Um but instead, I just, you know, I try letting it heal on its own, and and I continuously uh, fought with a uh, with injured hand where I was using my right hand thirty uh, percent of the time, and um, so uh, you know, all in years, I think let me see, from two thousand seven all the way to uh, two thousand fourteen, I fought with a uh, with an injured hand that. Really, nobody knew that I had an injured hand. Um, realized that I was, you know, that I was fighting with an injured hand. And uh, when I fought, my last fight was, uh, I believe, it was um, March of 2014 against uh, Ronald Cruz. Um, I pretty much finished my hand in the third round against him, where I hurt it really bad. Um, and I, I knew right there and then, either I retire after this fight or get the hand surgery. That I was, you know, that I've been avoiding all this time, and continue my career. So after the fight, um, I ended up getting back-to-back uh, -back surgeries. Uh, one was um, in May, and then then I had another one in July. So it's why I've been out for 18 months now. Um, Champ, I think you just answered my next question. Um, I was going to ask you. Um, if you plan to fight again, um, it seems like the obvious answer to that is yes. Um, so, what are your, you know, what are your plans at this point? Oh, uh, right now, well, you know, uh, I'm back in the in the gym. Um, as a matter of fact, today uh, I started uh, hardcore um, workouts uh, where I'm I'm getting ready for a fight. Uh, I'm hoping to be back uh, sometime in December. Um, if not, you know, early next year, but, um, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be training like I'm fighting for, for, I'm, or like I'm fighting for, um, in, sometime in December. So yeah, I'll be back. Um, you know, my, my right hand is, is great. You know, I've been punching really hard with it. I've, I sparred a couple of times. Um, 
just to test it out. And uh, it's, I've been rocking uh, some of the fighters that I've been sparring with. And, you know, and my hand has been feeling absolutely great. So who's going to be your trainer in this comeback? Uh, my trainer is going to be uh, Joe Pastor, who's been with me since uh, day one. Um, he was actually uh, my manager as well as my strength and conditioning coach. Uh, but all, all these years uh, together, you know, there's no reason um, to, uh, you know, look for another trainer. You know, I um, when I had well, even before this, you know, I I had a fallout with uh, Joe Pastor and Marsha Kaufman, who was the uh, the head trainer. Um, after the, uh, the the first Margarita fight, we had a fallout, uh, and then that's when I went to Manor Stewart. Uh, from Manor Stewart, you know, I went to um, uh, Ronnie Shields from Ryan Shields. Uh, <clears throat> I came back home uh, and you know just talked to um, my trainer now, Joe Pastor, and you know we we talk things and work things out, and I've been with him uh, for my for. The last fight with Ronald Cruz. Um, Champ, is there anybody in particular that you would like to fight at this point in your career? <clears throat> uh, right now, you know, I just want to get back, um, you know, get a couple tune-up fights in and then, um, you know, uh, go from there. Um, but I just, I just want to uh, rebuild my career back and, uh, you know, hopefully um, by the end of um, 2016, um, I can be fighting for a world title. All right, now you've been in the ring with Canelo Alvarez. He's got a big fight coming up with Miguel Cotto. What's your take on that fight? Um, I'm gonna go with uh, <clears throat> I'm sorry. I'm gonna go with uh, with uh, Cotto. You know, in this fight, um, and the reason he's being is because you know Cotto has a lot of experience. You know, he's a, a great fighter. Um, he can either uh, box you or he can you know he can brawl with you. And the fact that you know a lot of people make kind of sound like he's this big, you know, strong puncher. Um, and really he's not. I didn't find him to be so powerful as people make him seem like he is uh, when I fought him. Um, I don't think he can he can be uh, withstanding going to the uh, – Cotto going to the body. Um, you know, I've, I've hit him a couple times to the body, and it just seemed like he didn't like it to the body. Well, you know, and no fighter likes it, but – it just seemed like he couldn't take a good shot to the body uh, when I fought him. So I'm just going to go with Cotto, you know, uh, Cotto really digging to the body and, and stomping him, actually. Okay. Um, what weight class do you plan on fighting at in your comeback? Uh, I'm going to be, you know, um, getting back at 154 and, uh, you know, um, go as low as uh, 152, 151 just to see where my body, you know, how my body uh, reacts or how it feels, I should say, and uh, and if it feels good, uh, 151, and you know just just keep dropping um, the weight back to 147. All right, Dave, you got any final questions? Um, actually, just just one more, um, Champ. Uh, aside from yourself, obviously, um, who um, you know who would your favorite fighter be, either past or present, um, that you you know, that you admire? Um, past fight, uh, past fighter, I mean, you know, I, I enjoyed, uh, Roy Jones Jr. And, um, uh, Tito Trinidad. Uh, they were, you know, my, my 
two fighters that I really watched. Uh, you can really say they're they're like my idols uh, growing up. Um, you know, watching boxing. Good choices. All right. Well, hey, Kermit, it was really a pleasure to have you on the show. We wish you the best in your comeback. Hopefully we can have you on again during your comeback. I really appreciate you having me, Mike. Uh, and, yeah, definitely um, uh, anytime, just uh, give me a call. You have my number. Um, let's go from there. All right. Thanks a lot, Kermit. All right. Thanks, thank Kermit. You. Uh, have a good night. All right. All right, so Dave, pretty good interview. I think he's still got a, ch- a shot to make a difference, too. I mean, if you look yeah. at his career, Ronald Cruz is a good fighter. And, I mean, he took care of Ronald Cruz with a messed up hand even a couple of years ago. So we yeah, definitely exactly. got to follow this one and maybe have him on before some of his fights. That, that sounds good. I mean, he's only, what, maybe 35, 36 years old, and he can punch. Yeah. <laughs> and that makes him dangerous. He's a lot younger than us. <laughs> but, hey, I want to remind everybody, check out Gridiron Mo, new football app, www.gridironmo.com. Um, upcoming shows this week will be Wednesday. You'll be able to check out the Cincinnati Bengals weekly show with myself and Joe Kelly. Um, we will also have a special guest this week on the Bengals show with former Cincinnati Bengal free safety, Barney Bussey, who played late 80s, early 90s for the Bengals. We'll be reviewing the Bengals' win over the Pittsburgh Steelers, previewing the game against the Cleveland Browns. Um, we get the San Francisco 49ers show, which will be out sometimes third or sometime Thursday with former 49er Dexter Carter. Um, we have the NFL Pick'em show, which will be out Wednesday also with, of course, myself, Matt Andrew Scavage, Leon Searcy, and from the Denver Broncos, starting offensive guard during the 1980s, Mark Cooper. I'd also like to bring up the fact that Dave Sadursky is still the best guest picker we've had in terms of games won. So <laughs> Dave might be able to be in the playoffs. I would like to bring up the fact that I am blowing everybody out in the Pick'em Show, too, by the way. I'm up like eight or nine games on Leon and Matt by now. So. <laughs> They keep picking against the Bengals. Bengals. I tell them you shouldn't do that, but they do it. (laughs) (laughs) But, so, make sure you check out the Grueling Truth Facebook page. Um, Follow us on Spreaker. Um, Follow Dave Sadursky at... Um, Dave at DCS5099 and on uh, Mythical Boxing on Facebook. All right, you can follow me at River Monster Eleven. So, you got any final words for this week's boxing show? Um, great interview, and um, you know, great time as always, Mike. And uh, yeah, it does look like our two teams. If the Broncos don't get in our way, it looks like uh, you know we may be seeing the Cincinnati New England AFC Championship game. Well, I think the Green Bay Packers are a little overrated going in, anyways. I don't think their defense is as good as people say, and I don't think their offensive line is very good. So. I think people might be reading too much into one game. Could be, could be. We'll have to, yeah, we'll have to see. But I didn't expect. Well, I think the big throw. thing yeah. between the three of them is probably going to be the two teams to sustain the least amount of serious injuries in between now and then. Yeah. Because I do yeah, think agreed. the three teams are fairly evenly matched. Uh, it'll be interesting. Which is why they're all undefeated. But, hey, what do you yeah. think about the Indianapolis Colts cheating with Andrew Luck's broken ribs and keeping it from everybody? 
Uh, what, a, what a dumpster fire that team is right now. <laughs> <laughs> See, they should have been going and trying to rat people out. They should have worried about their own stuff. Uh, I mean, I think they fumbled three times in the first half from <laughs> from the part of the game that I saw. <laughs> um, eh, it happens. But they were only they down 10-3. So. Yeah, they could go 6-10 and 10 and still win the AFC South. <laughs> yeah, hey, I think the Jacksonville Jaguars could win that division now. <laughs> it's wide open. You know open. what? Anybody you say is going to win that division is going to make the person you're talking to laugh. That's how bad the division is. Yeah, yeah. But, hey, what do you think of Miguel Cotto and Saul Canelo Alvarez? Who do you oh. think? Or should we just save that and do a preview show for it? Maybe we can do a preview show. I think we should do a preview show for it. I think yeah. it's November the 17th, isn't it? Yeah. So that would mean next week's show or the week after? Somewhere around there. Might be uh, next week's show we might have to do. Or we might have to do an alvarez Cotto pre-fight show. But, yeah. all right, yeah. well, once again... We would like to send thanks out to Kermit Centron, great guest tonight. So make sure you catch us next week on the Grueling Truth Boxing Show. Follow us on Facebook. Check out all the football shows, baseball, basketball. But for Dave Sadursky, this is Mike Goodpaster. You've been listening to the Grueling Truth, where the legends speak. They aren't just houses. 